Good evening. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and affiliated with Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright along with Justin Tucker. CJ is out tonight, but in for him is our newest guest and member of our show, Justin Hill. Justin, how about you introduce yourself to the people? Thanks, Adam. My name is Justin Hill, as what Adam said. Um, I'm a sports broadcaster major at Dean College um, from the Bronx, New York, and um, I'm a Giants and a New York Giants fan. But great to be on the show, gentlemen. Pleasure. Absolutely. Justin is a great sports mind and a great kid. I'm so excited to have him on the team. We have several classes together. We've had plenty of classes together over – uh, over the past couple of semesters, Ju- uh, Tucker knows him very well. The only problem is we have now not one now, but two Justins on our team. So we're gonna have to figure out different names for you guys because um, I can't talk. I can't call you both Justin. Don't worry, I'll maybe, fix that. Maybe we could go with Justin. Justin Hill. We'll go with Jay Hill. Tucker. We'll go with uh, Tuck. I mean, I, t- I call you Tuck outside the school and outside of our podcast. Been, Big Justin. Okay. Okay. Whatever. But yeah. anyways, we do have a show planned, so we will get to that. We'll continue our Super Bowl coverage. We will talk about the head coaching positions that were all filled. We have the fan box as always. But first, let's talk about a Pro Bowl that has once again gotten underwhelming ratings to say the least. Uh, so the AFC won the Pro Bowl over the NFC by a final of 41 to 35, but once again got kind of poor ratings. Like I said, we had re- older retired players such as Deion Sanders commenting uh, on the lack of effort by the players, current by by uh, by the players, and then the, you had current players such as Darius Slay defending their case saying that, you know, they play a month after – there's some players who are playing a month after the season is over, and, you know, they're still recovering from a long season. Football's tough. Uh, so with both of these points in mind, so what do you guys think the NFL needs to do to sort of fix the Pro Bowl, if you will? Jay Hill can go first. Thanks, Justin. Mm-hmm. Regarding with the Pro Bowl, Adam, it's, it's a really sad case, and I say this because – you have a lot of all-star games, such as in Major League Baseball, Basketball, but regarding football, that's what people really want to see, especially Americans. And to see on the biggest stage in Las Vegas, in a new arena in Vegas, and to just see like two hand touches in in, in the football game, and also the act, that's like some flag football stuff. But the one play that came to my mind was when they tried to stop Alvin Kamara, and he did like a two-hand touch. Like, that's not football. Like, what happened to the Pro Bowl when Sean Taylor almost took a guy's head off in the game? Like, what happened to that? Like, back in 05, what happened to, like, highly anticipated Pro Bowls? Like what Deion Sanders said. Like, it's like people are paying their money to see a football game, but they're not getting the entertainment that we want to see, basically. Yeah, I agree to you. I agree with you on that occasion. Um, I think the Pro Bowl has gotten to the point where it's not necessarily fun for the fans to watch, and I don't think it's necessarily fun for the players to play in. I think they do it just to have like a semi-vacation and not necessarily to try to win a football game. I don't know what the league can necessarily do to change this because the Pro Bowl is like this annual thing and they don't want to get 
rid of it as far as I'm aware of. So it's just a tough spot to be in for both the players and the the NFL as a whole. So hopefully they can come up with a situation where it can make it more competitive and make it more of football that we know and love instead of the two-hand touch nonsense that is going on right now. But I don't see an easy solution to this in the short term nor in the long term right now. It really is. And I say it's because, and I definitely agree on you, Justin. It's like, I feel like with the NFL, they get all these star players. For example, like you had the whole Chief squad there, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. And regarding with the Buccaneers, you had Devin White, Vita Vey, and all these other guys. Like you get all these star players to come, and fans pay a lot of money for this, and they don't get nothing. Like, in my in my opinion, regarding with this format, instead of having a pro, but how about you make the worst two teams in the league go face off, and whoever wins, for an example, have that whoever wins the game, they get the number one seed, and the loser gets the temp gets gets the temp seed. That's a highly anticipated like that's an idea right there. But if you're gonna do games like this, like two hand touch, like just don't even have the event. Adam. So this is this is something that is really hard to address, like I said. And uh it's going it's gonna be tough because you know, like like uh as Darius Slay said, you know, they play this is the only all-star game that is played after the season. And a lot of these players played in, in a month and they're still recovering from injuries. And some players just don't want to get injured. You know, that's a completely valid, valid point, especially since this is, this is football where injuries happen so often as opposed to baseball or basketball, where it doesn't happen quite as often. So, you know, there, there's a few things that can be that, we can consider maybe restructuring the regular season. So there's almost like an all-star break, if you will, where, you know, you have, let's say a two, three week break. And, um, the, and in between you have the, you have the pro bowl, something like that. I mean, the pro bowl is already, already the selections are already made three quarters into the season. So they might as well just do it during the season, even though I disagree with it. You know, the, the reason that's because that's the whole reason why Tom Brady was snubbed last year of, of, of a Pro Bowl appearance. And it was given to Kyler Murray instead, which was not deserving. But, you know, but that then that that brings other things into consideration, like what happens with bye weeks when the, these players in the middle of the in the middle of the season get three weeks off. You know, there's a lot of things to, t- to take into consideration. And also, you know, like, how are they going to structure the season now? Is the Super Bowl going to happen in, like, late February to March if this is going to happen? So, like, or or does it start during the earlier, during, like, the summer? So, I don't I don't know. Another part of me is thinking, what if we, like, what if they just took out, took out the Pro Bowl entirely and just sort of said, you know what? Let's just do let's just do skills competitions. People like those. I, and some they got pretty they got pretty uh they uh, they got pretty cr- creative with it in, at times. Like for example, there was a kick tac toe years back. That was that's that looked fun. You know, we could do something like that. But I mean, what, the way they're doing it is just not working. And they'll have to figure something out soon. But I agree. But it's just an unfortunate situation at hand. I don't think they'll just do it for just the skills competition because it leads up to the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is supposed to be the final product, but 
hopefully they get something situated. Indeed, it's like with the Pro Bowl. It's like it's like the co-main event before the main event the next week before the Super Bowl. It's like you want to see a great game before the biggest game that the world's going to watch. But I definitely agree with you guys. All right. Well, coming up next, uh, so everybody knows how this is the second straight Super Bowl where a new team is where, – where the – sorry, where the home – where it's going to be a home Super Bowl, basically, where the 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 stadium is going to be the the team playing. Um, but what if I told you this is a second straight Super Bowl of something else happening? We'll get into that a little bit next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Eighty Eight. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, and Justin Hill. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about the Super Bowl now. And so I just had a little bit of a thought. Um, if Matthew oh Stafford and the Rams win a Super Bowl in Stafford's first year, it will be not only the second straight home Super Bowl winner, it'll also be the second straight winner where a newly acquired quarterback, you know, win, uh, wins a Super Bowl. Brady in the, in the box did it last year. So, you know, we're already seeing heavy rumors in recent years and this offseason of franchise quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and possibly now Kyler Murray after he, after he, uh, after he unfollowed the Cardinals on social media. But we're seeing all of these players rumored to want out, and these are like franchise quarterbacks. It's not like these are just, you know, journeymen. So, you know... So does Brady and Stafford winning Super Bowls sort of, you know, uh, does this impact the impact the quarterback market from for years to come? I think this could potentially impact the Super Bowl market. I think both of them went about it different ways. Stafford got traded into the situation he's in. Brady left towards the situation he had in. I think there's differences between the two. But if they a quarterback feels like he can get into a better position by leaving the team he's at to go win a Super Bowl. I don't think it's necessarily new. It's just a different way of doing it now instead of just demanding it. It just so happens Brady's contract ran out and he went to the team that gave him the best chance to win. And Stafford got traded to a team with already a huge amount of talent, and that's how they got into the position they were in. The Rams believe they needed a new quarterback, and therefore they got Stafford, one of the ta- one of the most talented quarterbacks out there. I believe with the quarterback market the way it is, I believe other teams will have that same chance. I believe – Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and maybe even Russell Wilson will look at that and say, maybe it's a, it's about time I move to another team and try to see if I can win one there. I definitely agree with this shift. And I say it's because as a football fan myself, we've seen quarterbacks in the last two years, like what you said, Adam. We've seen Tom Brady go to Tampa, won a Super Bowl. Now we see Matthew Stafford, who now has four quarters and 60 minutes, and 60 minutes away winning his first Super Bowl. And at the same time, it's up to teams and owners if they really want to get if they really want to go all the way and get a quarterback. You look at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers went all out to get that Super Bowl just for Brady to get his seventh. Why? They needed Antonio Brown when they really needed a receiver at the time. You look at the Rams. The Rams really needed really needed a receiver at the time, and they wound up getting Odell Beckham Jr. And when and then when you see this pattern here, it's just to get to the big game. But at the same time. We could definitely see this for years to come, and especially with the 
rumor market going on right now. Where's Russell Wilson going to go? Where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? And you're hearing about Kyler Murray, which I think Kyler Murray is going to stay with the Arizona Cardinals. But at the same time, it definitely is a pattern. So this is going to be big because I think because not only do I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, but I think this is going to cause all of these players who I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, who I already think is out regardless of the outcome of this game. They're going to he's going to say, you know what, I can win somewhere else. And you have Deshaun Watson, who's going to do the same thing. Russell Wilson, I bet he's I bet he's out. And, you know, I bet Kyler Murray is going to stay now. I think what he's doing is just some some petty stuff. You know, he's just saying, I want to be paid, so I'm just going to unfollow you guys. And, and like, you know, that's a whole different story with Kyler Murray, which is kind of weird. Uh, especially since they're really t- the Cardinals are really trying to do what what they can to sort of uh, surround Kyler Murray with all this talent, and he goes and does that. But you know, this this is going to, and it's going to open the door for other for other players as well to to possibly think maybe I should get out of here. You know, you're going to get the Josh Allen's of the world, possibly even the Patrick Mahomes's of the world, who are going to say. Like maybe later down the road, these pl- these teams sort of get depleted, uh, and aren't and maybe that maybe they're, it's they're financial financially they have a uh, the teams have a tight budget, and they they can't win for a little while. And Patrick Mahomes says, "Well, I kind of want to go over here on let's say a few years down the road. Let's say uh, name name the bum team, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers." are who are who have been missing the playoffs a few for a few years in a row but they have other talent and if they're a quarterback away you have that Patrick Mahomes is going to say I'm just going to go over there and play there or Josh Allen's going to say I'm going to go over here and play here and you know this team's a quarterback away it'll be it'll be kind of like the NFL and you know this is it's gonna or sorry like the NFL uh it'll be like the NBA where you know players they just get impatient with their with their winning with their situation on that team, and they're just going to say, "I want to go somewhere else." Because quarterbacks, let's face it, this is a quarterback-driven league. Quarterbacks, they're starting to realize how much leverage they have, and I bet after after this Super Bowl, things are going to get out of hand. Oh, no question, Adam. Because it's like what you said, and it's like with the NFL. People say there's a salary cap. In my opinion, there's no salary cap in the league, depending on what the owner's going to spend. But at the same time, it's like what you're saying before with the QB market. It's up to the QBs to decide which team they want to go to. Aaron Rodgers has his point to demand a trade anytime he wants to. Including Russell Wilson. They have served their duties for the last 10-plus years for their organizations, and they have the absolute right to request something and go to a capable team to help provide a championship experience. And look at Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford... Matthew Stafford, sorry for calling Matt, he was he was in a tight situation in Detroit. And a fun fact the other day, I think Adam told me this, Matt, Matt Stafford has only been to maybe three or two playoff games in his career, I think it is. And I used to always say he went to zero. But in that time, he lost in wildcard games. He never went to a divisional game. And for him to show his showcase against yeah, never the, won a, He never won a playoff game. He yeah, never won a playoff team. game. And he was able to show his – showcase against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including the San Francisco 49ers, and get to the Super Bowl, that shows what a player is when they've wasted their time with a franchise that has not done nothing for them. But regarding with the situation here, this will bring leverage to the quarterback world and, and maybe including the receiving world. 
You never know. Yeah, I think it's just going to be the I just think it's just going to be the quarterback market to be honest. I would love to think that other players other in other positions would be able to sort of have the leverage that the quarterbacks do at this point, but I just don't see it because quarter because any other position they just don't last that long in the league. You know the like especially running backs. I mean, they age like milk at this point. You know, they just don't last. They'll last like four or five seasons and it that's bad. And wide receivers are kind of the same way. And they like any other position really doesn't have the same, the same impact on the game on a team like the quarterback does. You know, if you have a great quarterback, then you can you can really sort of fade out a lot of other weaknesses. You can sort of you can make up for a lot of other weaknesses. If you have an elite wide receiver, I mean you're not gonna do much. You can still you can still be a a really crappy team and have an elite wide receiver. That's that is possible. But a quarterback, that's pretty hard to do. I don't think it's hard to do. I mean, look at Detroit. They had Matthew Stafford for years and they were crappy. There's been a myriad a myriad of situations where there's been a quarterback that we all believe is elite, but never had the right chance to showcase his skills because he was just on a bad team. I think the quarterback market is different than everybody else's. I think they have more leeway. I don't think they'll have a dramatic amount of leeway to be able to demand where they want to go. Because at the end of the day, the franchise they are they play for still have to decide whether or not they want to trade them. We all see what is going on with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson situation. So I don't think it's just as easy as them wanting to leave. I think it's them wanting to leave in the franchise, allowing them to leave. I I disagree. I think, well, you know, Matt, Matthew Stafford is a rare case where, you know, like I said, it's hard to do to be that bad for that long with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. And they, they just didn't, weren't able to surround him with talent for the longest time. It more speaks to the incompetence of that, of, you know, that, that organization rather than, you know, Matthew Stafford, not being able to, not being able to do anything. They did have Calvin Johnson for a little while, but they did have, they, with him on the team, I believe they had what, two, three, playoff appearances they weren't able to do anything in that time but they were still able to get there which is mm-hmm. big but you know you have the best receiver in the game and they still weren't able to win any playoff games so anyways uh, up next we're going to get more in depth of the super bowl talk about some key uh some keys to the game and the to the outcome of the game and we'll probably give some predictions as well so don't go anywhere you're not going to want to miss that this is the fumble ruski podcast This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and now Justin Hill. Justin, welcome to the show. So the Super Bowl is coming up. We're just a few days away from Super Bowl 56 between the Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams. It's one of those Super Bowls where neither team is really hated per se by a large, by the, the you know, the mass of, uh, you know, the population of the United States besides Ravens fans, right, Justin? Can't stand AS, but all right. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's hard it, it is hard to hate both teams. Take out taking out your team bias. It is hard to hate both teams, but we I do want to get into some of the uh some of the uh 
you know, the, the keys to this game. And I did jot down a few things while looking, while looking into this game. And, you know, I have a couple of things starting with what do you guys think about the Bengals offensive line in this game? Lunch me. Yes, sir. Lunch me. Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, Troy Reader, they're coming after that quarterback, and that line can't stop him. I'm 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 for it. I'm all for it. I need Aaron Donald to have like five or six sacks, get arrested for assault. I need Von Miller to have four sacks. I need one of them to win Super Bowl MVP. That's all I ask. One of them to win Super Bowl MVP. Okay. With the Rams defense, let's let's not like be biased. The Rams, they probably have the best defense that I've seen in the last maybe two years. But with Cincinnati, they have to throw that ball real quickly. Like Joe Burrow needs to throw that ball quickly. He needs to run down the field real quickly, like quickly what he did in that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. There's a lot of people saying out there saying they don't deserve to be there. But at the end of the day, you get to where you get. But in this ball game in particular, I have the Bengals winning as an upset. Why? Because Joe Burrow, he's just a confident person. I haven't seen like a like, a, like he's like a confident person. Like like the way he the way he speaks. Like I was just watching his um the way he dresses too. It's not just that he's just a confident person. Like I used to always think like he. I love be, those sunglasses. <laughs> he may be like a little bit cocky, but like. He's just a confident person. He's like humble to be there. He's like humble to be in the moment. Like you never know. They they may it may be your last time in the Super Bowl, but the but in the moment you have to just love the presence of mind of him. Like he's like and like at the same time with with this game. But if the Rams want to win this game, Jalen Ramsey needs to step up. Why? Because in that rate, because in the Buccaneers game. Mike Evans is burning him out the whole game. Like, aren't you supposed to be the best corner in the game? You Didn't get burnt down that? deep. Yeah, and like, like where was you at in the in the NFC Championship game? Guarding Debo Samuel, like Debo Samuel, like what had a touchdown? He was, he was playing. It felt like he was playing quarterback. But regarding with this game, if you're Jalen Ramsey, you have fought your way to be in this particular moment. You've dealt with the scrutiny in Jacksonville, and now you're in this big moment. Like, you need to guard up. And, like, with Jamar Chase, I understand he's a rookie at the same time, but he's a bad man. And I'm telling you, I expect the Bengals to win this ball game. I really do. All right. So I have – so I ha- I listed the Bengals' offensive line first specifically because I think that's going to be there, uh, what's going to kill them all – uh, ultimately in this game. Now I know I picked against them every single game this season. Uh, sorry, this this postseason, and I had them losing. Uh, I've had I've had them losing every game this postseason, and going into this uh, going into the, uh, this sort of two week period, I was saying, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable picking against the Bengals now because I've been picking up and picking against them all all season long because There's I just no didn't have any confidence in that offensive line. And to be honest, I thought they got lucky to get out of the, the Tennessee Titans game because he was sacked nine times. And the only reason they won that game was because Ryan Tannehill threw three picks. Yeah. And that's sort of what killed, what killed the Titans in that game. If not for that, 
we would probably be seeing the Tennessee Titans in the title game in the title game. And who knows who wins that game at that point? Maybe we have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But especially when you have that Rams pass rush, which is second on my list, that Rams pass rush led by Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, against that against that Bengals offensive line, that is one of the great mismatches in Super Bowl history. And we're going to see that this Sunday. And it's going to be scary. I really hope that I really hope that Joe Burrow comes out of that game alive let alone comes out of that game with a victory. Now, hmm. I know, I know he's come out alive in these past few in these past few weeks and has proven me wrong, but I just don't they're they're an underdog. They're an underdog, and I'll root for them because they're they're the underdog. Everybody loves an underdog. Not it's not like I'm rooting them. against them. Uh, I'm I just am. picking against them. I'm I'm oh, rooting yeah. and picking against them. Cuz you're a Bengals fan. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're a Ravens. Fan. Watch your mouth. What are you talking about? Your favorite teams in the Super Bowl. Bengals. Who day? Who day? Nobody's. That's who they are. But anyways, another, you know, there, there's a couple other keys to this game. Like, for example, and I just don't, I just don't, I just don't think, find them as, as relevant to the game as, you know, the Bengals offensive line versus the Rams pass rush. That's huge. But, you know, Rams defensive backs versus the Bengals wide receivers, that hasn't been talked about a lot. You have Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And you and don't forget about Tyler Boyd and mm-hmm. CJ Uzama. But that's a that's a pretty big matchup. If they can if the if the Bengals are able to overcome that Rams pass rush on the offensive line, then on top of that, you have Cooper Cup to deal with. Who's gonna cover Cooper Cup? We're gonna put Eli, Eli Apple on Cooper Cup. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. Yes. Put him on him. Put him on him. him I need three touchdowns from him if that's the case. I need three touchdowns and over 200 yards from Cooper Cup if that's the case. Hey, Eli Eli Apple, he was handling um, Tyreek Hill in that game. Besides besides that one one touchdown Tyreek Hill had had on him, but you you have a fair point. Y'all need to stop. Y'all really need to stop with that Eli Apple nonsense. That man is burnt toast in coverage. I I can't believe that guy was a giant. I love the way he talks too. Like it, it just feels like he should have no, he should ab- have absolutely no, you know, uh, he should have no credibility to speak because they're winning in spite of him. But he, he just is, continues yeah. to, I don't know. I don't know. If he gets a ring, he gets a ring. I guess he deserves it. He doesn't deserve that damn ring. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. I, uh, you got to admit that was a good play that he made. When the when uh when they stopped him before halftime in the AFC Championship game, when they stopped the the Chiefs, that was a pretty yeah. good play. You have to admit that. It was a you good know, play. They they were at the goal line. He throws a screen pass to to the to the to Tyree Kill, who is one of the most shifty player, most of the sh- most shifty quick players in the league, and he was able to stop him. That was pretty impressive. You got to admit that. It was nice, but it was a terrible play. Why are you throwing it short? Throw it to the end zone. If not, kick the field goal. Yeah, they probably, they probably should have. But they probably thought they had more confidence in themselves. At with a what was it a twenty one? It was a twenty one to eleven uh, game going into the halftime, and they and they were at the goal line. They wanted to step on their throats at that point. You know, you're at the goal line and. 
Patrick Mahomes throws a screen pass to screen pass to Tyreek Hill, and he tries to go into the end zone. I bet nine times out of ten, Tyreek Hill makes that play because he's so quick and explosive. And you have him on Eli Apple. You yeah. know how how do you not go for that? And then it's it was just Eli making a great play. That was just incredible. Next, done talking about Next. that scrub. Let's go. One more. Play. All right. So. How about the turnover battle? Oh yeah, that can Justin, I, I believe you. You said you had something to say. Um, yeah. Before the turnover battle, this is this game here. It's like a Joe Namath Jets and Colts game. Like you, you know, you got like the underdog dressing the best team at the same time. But like with like what, but with this game here, if the Bengals win, I'll be absolute shocked because I because in my opinion, my my picks to go all the way this year. I had the Buccaneers going all the way. I had the Buccaneers versus the Tennessee Titans. I never thought the Bengals would be this far. But at the same time, this is like a anticipated game because it's like I'm not saying careers on the line, but like it's like the who's going to be the future of the NFL? Is it either going to be the Rams or is it going to be the Bengals? Well, I can't say that well, at the same time the Bengals they're like underdogs. At the same time like this is like a like a Winner go situation for the Rams because how with the Rams, you traded Matthew Stafford, you got Von Miller, you got Odell Beckham Jr., you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Rams, you have like star studded team, yeah, you've gotten all the pieces you need. Like, this is your moment. If you do not quartier to this moment, it's a failure, it literally is. Yeah. yeah, if the Rams lose this game, then it's a ma- it's a massive failure. And that's why I have the that's why the Bengals are underdogs because yeah. that that offensive line, like the Bengals are pretty good everywhere else. And I think they're underrated on the on on defense, but mm-hmm. and they're great on offense. But that offensive line is just such a glaring weakness. It's that bad that it makes them underdogs throughout this uh throughout this playoff run for them. And it's made it that much that much in that much more incredible that they've done it. And the Rams that's a that's a win now type of team and they have that much talent they've been going all in for the past few years with the way they've been trading the way they've been aggressive in free agency and drafting and then you don't win a super bowl you know matt stafford was your prize trades trade acquisition and you couldn't do it and you couldn't do it now we're we're getting we're getting them in trouble for something they haven't done yeah, but that is something to monitor if they do lose, and it'll be one of the great upsets in Super Bowl history, probably. Obviously, number one being your Giants beating my Patriots. I was gonna say that, never forget, never forget. But yeah, I knew you were gonna yeah. bring it up, so I figured I would bring it up. Bring it up. <laughs> Might first. as well get it out the way. That David Tyree catch, helmet catch. Yeah. Oh. While while we're talking about it, we could bring up the second time the Giants met up with the Patriots. We could also talk about Super Bowl Fifty Two. Where Nick Foles made Brady a deal Fumble. with the devil, Brady and we don't need to bring that up. We just don't. Oh, oh we don't need to bring that. Up. Okay, we we'll don't save need to bring that up. Now. That's okay. We'll save them. That's okay. But anyways, I just wanted to bring up bring up the turnover battle real quick before we move on to our next our next segment. But you know, Matthew Stafford does have a tendency to turn the ball over. In fact, he threw the most interception interceptions in the league last year in, in this past regular season with 17, which is incredible. And on the other side, 
Now, a lot of these were forced interceptions by Joe Burrow because he was he's under pressure half the time. He's the most sacked quarterback in the league. You know, that is that is going to be important. The turnover battle is, I don't think people bring enough attention to that, but whoever wins the turnover, the turnover battle might may very well win this game. Yeah. I just need Matt Matthew Stafford to, you know, take care of that football. If he can take care of that football, they're winning that game. Anything else should be taken care of by the rest of the guys. Regarding with taking with the football, we witnessed it in the Buccaneers game. Like the ball went over Matt Stafford's head. See ya. Um, Cooper Cup dropping the ball. Then like, well, um, Stafford didn't have the ball in his hands at the moment, but Akers did drop that loose fumble. But at the same time, that is a thing to definitely watch out for. I definitely agree with Adam with that. And like, it's gonna it's gonna come with the Rams offense, like. We know Cooper Cut, he's a stud. Like after watching that game, that last game with him against the 49ers, I, I respect him even more. And the way he's been able to help that team more since Robert Woods has been out for the season, it's it's spectacular. Absolutely. Do we want to give our predictions or do, and score predictions, or do we want to save that for a possible possible Super Bowl special that we do later on down the road? I don't really need to because you guys already know who I'm rooting for here. <laughs> well, who you're rooting for, but who you're picking? I, the same thing. All right, That's so not the changing. I have the Rams as well. What about you, Justin? You have the Bengals? I have the Bengals winning by a field goal. By a field goal? Because we've all seen right. all I have a com- field goals this, this postseason winning. All right. I have a comfortable margin for the Rams, but it won't be that comfortable. I'm sure it'll be somewhat close. But I, what am I? What do I know? I've been saying I've been picking against them for how God knows how long for the past few year, past few weeks. Uh, but anyways, coming up, we're going to get into the the head coaching uh, positions that were just filled over this past week. We'll get into that. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, welcome back. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, Justin Hill, our new guy in today. So all head coaching positions were filled before the postseason was even finished. So we'll go down the list. So the Vikings fi- hired uh, are well, are going to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Dolphins are going to hire Mike McDaniel. Raiders are hiring Josh McDaniels. The Giants, Brian DeBall. Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Bears, Matt Eberflus. Jaguars are hiring Doug Peterson. Texans have just recently hired Lovey Smith. So, guys, which of these head coach hirings are you most intrigued by? Well, to be honest, when I look down the list and I see the new head coaching hires, the one I'm intrigued of the most is the Mike, uh, the Mike, is the Miami Dolphins one. I find that head coach to be rather interesting. I feel like he's the type of guy to play with Legos in his spare time. He just seems so nerdy and stuff. And so, so when I I want to see how he calls plays, I want to see how he rallies the troops. I just want to see how he interacts with the players. For me, I would have okay. to say I would have to say the loss of. Vegas Raiders one with Josh McDaniels. And why? is because there's been so many rumors for years of Josh McDaniels getting a head coaching job, but he really stayed with the Patriots throughout these years because of top, because he was Tom Brady's offensive 
coordinator. But to see him get a job, it's, it's really deserving. I think he'll really help out Derek Carr's, um, you know, quarterback skills and even more at the same time. I was definitely impressed by the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. Well, I think Lovey really deserved the job. Why? Because um, at the same time, he took he took the Chicago Bears to a Super Bowl, and I understand they wound up losing the game. But at the same time, he has a good re- he has a good resume. Coach high school, he coached in um, in college regarding Chicago regarding um, Illinois. And to see his time in the NFL and him to see get another position and a chance again, I'm really impressed by that. All right. So what I actually found the most intriguing was the Jaguars getting Doug Peterson a head coaching job back. Now, he now for for those of you who uh, a lot of you might remember from the very end of last of last season, he Doug Peterson benched a lot of his starters at the end of the game probably wanted to rest them at the end of the game. It was their playoff, the playoffs. They were out of the playoffs, but at that point, and I completely understand the argument on the other side saying, you know, if they were going to rest him, why didn't they rest him for the, for the whole game? You know, these players want to play and it's, it takes the competitiveness out of it, even if they're out of, they're out of the playoffs. But at the same time, you know, he had the right, he had the right idea at heart. He just didn't execute it very well. Now I know Ju- Justin, uh, Tuck, you and I last year when it when this happened, you you completely disagreed with me. Yes, but do. you still do. So Doug Peterson is still a, he is a Super Bowl winner, and he's a big part of of them winning that Super Bowl. He was aggressive and he did he did everything right during that Super Bowl run. The only problem is mm-hmm. they just lost all the talent they had from that Super Bowl winning team. Their players, some of their talent aged, and that's kind of how it goes. They ran out of talent. And this is a young Jaguars team that's on the on that's uh, sort of up and coming. You have Trevor Lawrence, you have G- DJ Chark with a lot which a lot of people forget. They have Travis Etienne, Marvin Jones, uh, sorry, uh, no, not Marvin Jones. I'm I'm forgetting his. I'm forgetting his name. Marvin Jones Jr. Is that his name? I want to the, say the, the 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 Jaguars wide receiver. He's a he's yeah. a veteran. Marvin Westbrook. No, no, no. It's, oh yeah, there, it's is, there is Westbrook. What is it? Dd Westbrook. They, yeah, they have some West. pieces there. But he's gone. And that is that's a team that's up and coming. It's it's young, and. For Doug Peterson to get his hands on that, I think he's the right fit, and I think people, I think people Loki overreacted to that whole situation at the end of the year. I really do. I'm sorry. <sighs> that is not a fireable offense. Yeah, with, yeah, it, with Doug, it, it yeah. is. It with is. Doug, the season was over, Justin. They were out of the playoffs. He was trying to rest their starters. God forbid. God forbid. You know. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets hurt. I'm I'm not gonna argue with this because this isn't the right place to do it. It is that was that is a fireable offense. But Justin, forget about this though. As a Giants fan, he did cost my team a playoff chance though. Regarding with that whole situation that occurred, in my opinion, he should not even be the Jaguars' next coach. But we could talk about that another day. All right, I I think I don't I don't think it was a fireable offense. I just don't. But anyways, we are going to move on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. And we have our we have our question about you guys' Super Bowl memories. Don't go anywhere. 
This is the Fumble Brewski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, and we are getting close to the end of our show, and you know what that means. That means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. So we post a question box every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was, what was your favorite Super Bowl memory? So I figured this would be good. I wanted to get everybody's favorite memories from this Super Bowl. So we're starting with CJ, who responded by saying 28 to 3. Now that's a that's a number that everybody understands as soon as you say it. As long as, as far as football fans go. But 28 to 3. That was a pretty crazy game. The only reason I don't think that's my favorite memory is because we pretty much for the most part, I mean, we held out somewhat some like a fool's hope that the as Patriots fans that they would come back, but it was like it's 28 to 3, man, and it's practically the fourth quarter now. The game's over. But they just kept on going, but a lot of people were doing la- were busy doing laundry in the in by the third quarter because they're like this game's over screw it it's over let's do some laundry let's make my lunch for tomorrow for for work tomorrow let's get a, get get to bed early for you know for school tomorrow you know people aren't thinking about that that's why I, that's why it's not my favorite but that that comeback is just unbelievable and it's just mind-boggling that it happened and it very nearly happened again a couple of weeks ago when the Rams had a 27 to three lead with the same quarterback in Tom Brady. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. It came close. That was a, it, if it, you had, it came down to two blown coverage plays. All I'm hearing is excuses two. right now. That's all I'm, this has nothing to do with Super Bowl memories. All I'm hearing is excuses. It's simple. Take away their best weapon and make them beat you with all the secondary pieces. Make them beat you with Odell Beckham. Put him in single coverage. Make him beat you with Cam Akers, Matthew Stafford. Make him beat you that way, not with Cooper Cup, because he's going to beat you. He's going to crucify you. Let me play you a sad song on the world's tiniest violin, Adam. It's okay. Shut up, Justin. Shut up. (laughs) I'm just saying, take away those two big plays, you know, that one right before the half, and that one, you know, that ended the game by Cooper Cup. The Buccaneers win that game if those two plays don't happen. And, you know, it takes a lot to screw that up. But anyways. It's okay, Adam. It's okay. Nick, Next time I see you, I'll give you some tissues. Okay. Nick Normand said Santonio Holmes' incredible toe tap was the first that football game catch. I remember. That was an that was incredible catch, catch and one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history. And for that to yeah. be the first game he remembers, that's a pretty good first impression for the NFL. I will say that. That's pretty cool. Pretty good catch. Um, Unfortunately, it was a stealer that caught it. Mm. Oh, well, it happens. Justin Hill said Super Bowl 42, David Tyree catch and the Giants ending New England Patriots perfect season. Oh, it's a pretty painful moment for me. It's pretty close to home as a Patriots <laughs> fan for a giant for a Giants fan. That's probably happy childhood moments for you, Justin. Oh, no, what, you were like six years old or something like that. Yeah, no question. Greatest moment ever. God. All time. Yeah, Undefeated season in Arizona. 
an away team, a wild card team, and to do that gets better. Uh, yeah, it, it must be really nice. It must be nice. That's, that should that's really good for you, Giants fan. But then the day Brady is the Eli Manning. But then the day Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he had one of the that's greatest what, seasons that year. No question. That's, that's what I like to hear. All right, Robert Shelley said James Harrison. That's all I gotta say. So yeah. We touched on this same Super Bowl in, a couple seconds ago with Nick Norman's favorite memory with the toe tap, but earlier on, James Harrison's pick six. Yep. For the Steelers. Hundred longest, yards. longest interception return in Super Bowl history, and is what is that? Is that is that also the longest return in, uh, in the history of the league? I, I'm no, is it? No. Okay, so it's just Super Bowl history, but still incredible. From one side to another, for a pass rusher, he's a big fella, and he's he returned it that far. That is that is impressive. I will say that's pretty solid. That's I would, pretty impressive. It was a good play. All right, guys. Any other thoughts before we end the show here? Uh, nah, I think nah. Go Rams. <laughs> Screw the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go. Okay, Ravens fan. Go you Bengals. Know, you're you're proud of it. I am this close to pick to picking the Bengals, young man. That's fine mm-hmm. by me. That is fine by me. I don't care who you pick. I I know who my team is. I know who I'm All picking. Right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in in to us live Tuesdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.